This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Invest Talk. I'm Steve. It is Wednesday, March 11, 2020. And of course, the coronavirus threat is still raging in the stock market. We had a really big up day yesterday and a pretty big down day today, giving back everything we gained last yesterday. And a little bit more for the Dow, about the same for the Nasdaq. We'll give, I'll give you the numbers in a minute. So the market is still very volatile, as it has been over the last two weeks. So we witnessed a lot of high volatility, and it's something that we expected this year, not from this and not like this, but we just expected more volatility this year because of the election year. Now you add to this black swan event, uh, coronavirus, and the fear of that coronavirus is what's driving everybody now. And that, that, that could indeed drive us into a recession. We'll talk about that later on, too. Today's uh, March 11th. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Uh, you can call our toll-free number now. It's back up. We had some technical difficulties yesterday. So it never fails, right? When the most exciting part is happening in the market, things start to fall apart. So, But it is working, uh, so you can give us a call uh, anytime. We had a problem with AT&T or Sprint, and we expect toll-free numbers to work properly. Maybe not with Verizon, but we'll see from Verizon. Our studio internet link device is not connecting properly. It's a different, separate problem at the same time. So, so, so the program will be produced using standard telephone lines. And that's why I sound maybe a little bit different. So I apologize for the inconvenience. So please bear with me. And with that said, I'm eager to present today's analyst, market commentary. And of course, I've got access to your questions from our Talk voice bank. Remember, for today, the usual toll-free number might be working, so we think it has been repaired, but, you know, it hasn't been properly tested, and it happened just before the show came on. So try us at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, I've got a lot to cover here. I'm Steve Peasley. I hope you'll call me today, this hour, through this Talk radio program and his podcast guidance. I can help you become a better investor. That's my hope. Our, our one way Justin and I do that is to, you know, implement a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So our company, KPP Financial, is different from other investment advisors because we are dedicated to unbiased guidance. We don't owe allegiance to anybody. And we only recommend investment strategies that we implement for ourselves. So, so now I got that out of the way. I'm here and ready to answer your questions. Our anytime listener line number is open. I'm taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. So let me remind you that Justin Klein will be traveling to San Jose on March 20th to meet with registered uh, listeners so who understand the value of receiving our no-cost, no-obligation KPP financial portfolio review. So if you want you uh, to talk to Justin to review your portfolio and you want to sit down with him with a personalized consultation, he'll be there in San Jose on March 20th. You can register now, register now at investtalk.com, investtalk.com, that's two T's, dot com. Now, my main talking point today, could the stock market plunge cause a recession? 
The plunge of stock prices, could they cause a recession? You've heard me over the years saying that the stock market goes down before a recession hits. But I'm asking, could the stock market going down cause a recession? Not other things cause a recession. Remember, the big, deep recession of 2008 was caused by a financial crisis, you know, not the stock market not you know, falling. But this time, it will be the coronavirus, the fear of the coronavirus. So we'll talk about that in more detail. Other things I want to talk about. After this market crash, whatever it is, wherever it ends, what do you do then? Well, I'm going to have some suggestions. Will home prices fall in this next recession? When if it, well, I can't tell you that this is going to be the recession that we're going to have or be the next one. It doesn't matter. What, what will the housing prices do? And finally, should you stop flying? Should you stop flying or in airplanes? Because a lot of people have canceled should, because they're afraid of the coronavirus traveling, right? So should you stop flying? So I got some information on that as well. So those are the things we're going to talk about today. Of course, you come first. Whatever you want to talk about is the main thing. So what is it that you want to talk about? The market today, the Dow is down 1,464 points. The NASDAQ down 392, and the S&P down 141. Yesterday, the Dow was up 1,167, so it was down two, 300 points more. The NASDAQ yesterday was up 342, it was down 392, so between the two days, it was up two. And the S&P was up 136 yesterday, down 141 today, so that was down a little bit more. So the market has built in a full 20% pullback. Now, between 10% and 20% is a correction. Anything above 20, we're in a bear market. If it goes below above 20, it could easily go down 10% more to 30. It can. But I don't want you to panic. If you haven't already, you know, been moving around, if you haven't already taken steps to be defenses, it could be too late. You might want to still look at any of your stocks that have, any companies that have lots of debt. That's always a killer in a recession, debt. So you might want to take a look at that. So, well, how do you, so how do you think the market's going to react tomorrow? That's going to be interesting. You have one big update yesterday, a big down day today. And is this, is it trying to put in a bottom here? Or are we still looking for a pretty weak market going forward? That's really the question. I, I think the, market's, the market itself and participants are trying to answer the question, are we going to go into a recession? They don't, they're not convinced. Remember, why would we go into a recession? Well, I'm going to talk about that as one of my talking points. But remember, the consumer controls our, our, our economy, the consumer. Okay, so anyways, as regular listeners know, Justin and I make a practice to get as many caller questions as we can. So let's go to our voice bank. This question came in earlier at our end-time listener line number at 888-99-CHART. Hey there, Joe in Pittsburgh. Thanks so much, guys, for the uh, great podcast. Always enjoy listening to it. I uh, wanted to ask you guys your opinion on 3M jumping in on a uh, sort of coronavirus play with their announcement of um, – all of the, the masks that they're going to be providing and flooding out into the markets. Just wanted to see what you guys thought about 3M. Thanks, and I uh, look forward to hearing your answer. 
Okay, surprisingly, 3M is up pretty well. The top was 180 a month ago, and today it's 147. And the last week or two, it's been moving back and forth, back and forth, down 3.95% today, but yesterday it was up almost 6%. So 3M, triple MMM, provides industrial tapes, adhesive, medical, 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 and office products, surveillance, and communicates products. So they do have a part of their company that does medical devices and you know that's going to be do very well. That's probably why it hasn't gone down as much as the overall market. Um, and I think it would be a they pay a four percent dividend, and I don't think there's any danger of that dividend not being paid. I think it's going to continue to pay, be paid, and probably go up. So from a dividend point of view, it looks pretty good. From a price point of view. Let's say their earnings, their earnings are expected to be over $10 a share. Let's say they don't get there at $10 a share next year. Let's say it's $9 or because it's going to be $9.46 this year. But let's just take $9. Just, just take that number. Okay, the P.E. ratio is 17 right now, and I think that's going to stay around 17. So I think it's a pretty good bet on the, on, uh, uh, on the value. So I think it would be pretty good. So we got to take a break here. You're listening to Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. The number is 888-99-CHART. At a time of great interest in the market, InvestTalk listeners are invited to expand their stock and strategy guidance information by listening to a special new bonus podcast. The Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. Go to investtalk.com to see the podcast listing for the March Bonus Show. Okay, let's go to Kyle at Walnut. How are you doing, Kyle? Doing pretty good, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. No problem. It's a 401k question. A few months ago, I had shifted into bonds. Uh, my bonds are the only funds that are up right now. When's a good time to reallocate that money back into stocks? Okay, that's an excellent question. Excellent, because uh, we've been slowly in our in our uh, one of our programs, we've been slowly in selling off the bonds because they appreciated so much, and we're trying to gather some cash to do the exact thing that you're trying. You've just suggested. When do we allocate that money back into the market? I think it's too early yet. Uh, we, I would like to see some bottoming action. Now, I, mean, I mean, the last couple of days you might have a bottom action, but I want to give it a, a, at least a week of bottoming action where the market doesn't fall. And then I might start teasing that, some of that money back into the market. So I think you, you're premature yet. Wait till the market goes sideways and starts to improve a little bit, where the volatility, the huge 1,000-point swings, only go to two or three hundred point swings, and then mm-hmm. you know a normal amount of swing. You want to you want to wait for that kind of action, and I think it might be a month before. You know, don't think it's going to happen overnight. It's not. So Kyle, don't be in a big rush to get that money back in the market. You go, you're going to have time. Now there will be little things you could buy, you know, uh, along the way, but wait till you see at least some sideways movement in the market. And we haven't had that yet. So just be patient, Kyle. Okay? Thank you, Steve. Appreciate the advice. Thank you for the call. Let's talk about uh, um, 
how how the plunging stock market could cause a recession. And it's all about confidence. It's all about consumer confidence. When the market goes down, their 401ks go down in value. Their, the, the individuals are much more tied to the stock market than they used to be because they're investing through their work. So when their 401k goes down and the value goes down after all the hard work of getting it up, that confidence starts to fray, right? You start to worry about it. And when that happens, consumers start to slow down spending. Even though they'll even do that with housing. Even though housing mortgages are really, really low and they have a job, it may stop, you know, it may slow the consumer for buying a house. Now, on the other side of that is interest rates are very low and there's not a big supply or oversupply of houses, not like we had in 2008. So it may not show up too much in the housing market, but it will have some effect. It's all about the consumer. Does the consumer feel confident? Can the consumer feel confident enough to go out and buy a house? Well, when his value of his assets, his 401ks, are going down, that's really the issue. You're going to have, you have historic lows on mortgages, 3 3.5%. For a 30-year fixed mortgage, that's really, really low. I mean, that's never been that low before. So that part is good. And the Fed is probably going to continue the lower rates. And it might push the the 30-year the mortgage down to th- below three. That's possible, but we'll see. But you got the other side of that. Is the consumer confident while their, their 401k is losing lots of money? Are they confident enough to go out and buy a house. If they don't, if the consumer stops spending, what will happen is you'll see unemployment start to go up, you'll start to see more unemployment claims go up, and that kind of feeds on itself, right? So the consumer is the important issue here. Okay. Our next Invest Talk story, should, you, should young investors keep 100% of their money in stocks during a correction? We're going to talk about that. That's on the next Invest Cut. Risk for the investor requires context, right? So where are you in your investment life cycle? Young, old? Anyways, 888-99-CHARTERS is our number. Give us a call. In less than two weeks, Justin Klein will be meeting with registered InvestTalk listeners in San Jose, California. And next month, Steve Peasley will travel to two cities for portfolio consultation appointments, Houston, Texas on April 17th and Chicago, Illinois on April 20th. Learn more and register soon at investtalk.com. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Henry from New Jersey. I'm a relatively new investor and I've learned a lot from you guys in a short span, especially on how to pick companies that make money. My question today is about a mistake I made several months ago. The company is Polymat Mining Corporation, PLM. They were hot during the pre-market, and I bought a bunch of shares thinking I could ride the wave and make some short-term gains. But instead, the stock tumbled down, and I lost a bunch of money. Should I just play the waiting game and see if the stock catches fire in the future? I've lost about 35%, but I'm also not in a huge rush to, you know, get the money, and I'm hopefully trying to see if I could at least break even. 
What do you guys think of mining companies in general? Thanks. Well, I have no problem with mining companies. I really don't. Uh, they've been beaten up a lot, and I think gold still have another run uh, uh, up. But this is this company, PLM, is Polymet Mining Corporation. It doesn't make money. It hasn't made money for years. However, next year is scheduled to make three cents a share. But it's a penny stock. It's a twenty-seven cent stock. I don't buy penny stocks. I think they're very, very risky. Doesn't mean you don't ever have to take a shot at them. You know, but you, what you do is the money you put in a stock like this, make sure you understand that you may lose it all. Because these companies always go out of business. Well, I don't want to say always. 90% of the time they go out of business. So you're just playing a guessing game, a gambling game with this kind of company. It's not an investment. Uh, if it makes three cents a share like they say they're going to, then this stock has a 10 PE, which sounds cheap. But you know what? They don't, you know, there's no sales. It's all guessing. It's all, uh, well, uh, will they make money someday down the road? Will they may have sales? Who knows? It's too risky. I would look for a place to get out. You don't need to take this kind of risk. Okay, let's go to John and Jose. How you doing, John? What's going on? You want to talk about the, oh, that's a treasury, isn't it? Yeah. I was curious as to uh, going into TLT for the short term, but I was wondering, I noticed that rates have been up for the last couple of days. Yep. And I was wondering what that would look like in the future, uh, like very short term, month or two. And what happens when rates go negative? What would happen to that fund? Yeah, actually, these things will go up in value. This, uh, this is a TLT, iShares 20-year Treasury Bond ETF. If the Federal Reserve lowers the rates again, which I think they will, by the way, John, I think they're going to lower rates, this will go up again. I think it will go up uh, because I don't think they're done lowering rates. Even though they're at this very, very, very low rate, they, and then when they go negative, this will go up even higher, TLT. Okay. So, okay, you know, yeah, you can play that game, but, you know, while. you got to be quick. You can't just – don't think it's a long-term investment. It's more of a trade, Okay. But it will go up if the rates go down. John, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, um, after the market crashes, what do you do after it? Now, it is crashing, right? We got, we got a 20% correction. It could be it. This could be it. I'm not buying it yet. I need to see some evidence that this is it. But what do you do after that? I'm going to get to that right after I talk to Alex. In the Alex, you want to talk about Bank of America? Yes, thank you very much. Great show. I was wondering, you. what's your opinion about BAV holding? If, since the rate is oh. going down, should we sell our BAV yeah. holding or not? Yeah, banks are getting hit pretty hard. Uh, at some point, it's going to be a bargain. You know, it's just not yet, uh, uh, Alex. Don't don't be in a rush to buy it. But it, you know, it's Bank of America, a global holding company offering banking and non-banking financial services. What it looks like people are thinking is that investors are thinking, well, we're going to go into recession. Well, we might very well go into recession. It's possible if the consumers, the consumers can make it happen. If they stop spending, that'll make it happen. Not because of the coronavirus, but by the fear of the coronavirus. Because the coronavirus is not very serious other than it's spreading fast. But it's no more nor deadly than a normal flu, and I'm, as they're there seem to there seem to uh, the numbers starting to bear that out that yeah most people recover from it only 
older people and people with a deficiency in their immune system are, are having trouble with it. Young people, middle-aged people, as long as they're healthy, they'll be fine. But anyways, Bank of America, it's going to make $3.19 next year. That probably is going to go down. That estimate is not going to probably hold up. Um, it, so let's say it goes down, what, 20%? Let's say it does, it's flat. Well, $22 a share, that's an 8 PE. That's pretty cheap, and it pays a 3.2% dividend. So I kind of like the idea of buying Bank of America. I, you you want to wait till the market calms down, though, Alex. So don't be in a rush, but it's a really good stock to have on your portfolio. And it's a core holding. Once you do buy it, you just hold on to it. It will be just fine. It will recover and you're going to earn oh, 3% or higher in a dividend deal while you wait for a recovery. Just not yet. Keep an eye on the market. See if the market will slow down. Thanks. Appreciate the call, Alex. We've been watching the market volatility, everybody. Over the years, if you've been invested and stayed invested, you may have been, may have been very fortunate. Remember the market went down 100% in 2008. We went down 50%, went up 100% the next year. So you're going to have something like that. I don't know how deep, but it will bounce. So stay diversified. Don't don't panic. Okay, so I have a trivia question. If you invested $1,000 in a publicly traded company in Nordstrom's 10 years ago, so if you bet $1,000 in Nordstrom's 10 years ago, how much would it be worth today? I'll have that right after the break. 888-99-CHART is our number. Numbers are elusive. I bought this stock last year at about $6.75. They're always changing. I got them at $3.99 and it took a major hit. First up, then down, then up again, or maybe sideways. What would be a good entry point? On Invest Talk, the focus is on numbers that affect our listeners and their portfolios. Carl in Ohio, he wants to talk about his 401k. Hi, Justin. Uh, long-time listener of the show. I absolutely love it. Let's go to Dave in San Leandro. You've got to be prepared for volatility. I want to know what you think for someone like me. And they know it. I'm 31 years old. So the questions keep coming. Should I dollar cost average that? 24-7. How much of your portfolio should you put into like ETFs and mutual funds? From every part of America. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name's Josh, calling from Buffalo, New York. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best to decipher the potential meanings. Thanks for everything you guys do. And here's one number that keeps rising. More than 20 million InvestTalk podcast downloads. And for that, Steve and Justin thank their loyal listeners. I find you guys to be pretty much entirely trustworthy. So I'm curious, how do you do that? Independent thinking, shared success. It's all about the numbers. InvestTalk.com InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, where InvestTalk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at InvestTalk.com Okay, welcome back, everybody. Before the break, I gave you a trivia question. If you invested $1,000 in the publicly traded company Nordstrom's, symbol is JWN, by the way, if you did that 10 years ago, 
how much would it be worth now? And did Nordstrom do, how did Nordstrom do compared with the S&P 500 over that same time frame? Here's the answer. Nordstrom is an interesting case because it is a public company, but an effort to take it profit failed. I mean, private failed. They tried to take it private, but it failed. On June 8, 2017, Nordstrom, the American luxury department store chain, announced it was exploring going private. Okay, and that was 2017 after 50 years as a public traded company. As a result, Nordstrom shares surged more than 20% that day. However, by March of 2018, Nordstrom said it had ultimately decided against taking the business, business private because the company's advising board and its original founders and Nordstrom family could not reach an agreement on the deal. The company remains public, but its shares have not seen over, been, been very impressive growth. I have not. So if you invested $1,000, remember it's a big box store, right? And you know what's happening with them with Amazon as competitors. So if you invest $1,000 in Nordstrom 10 years ago, that investment would be worth $1,030 as of March 6th this year. We made 3% total return. In the same time frame, by this comparison, the S P 500 earned a total return of 226%. So it tells you how important it is to be in the bright stocks. You've been hearing me over several years now. Get out of the big box stores. This is why. Northam's current share price has been going up and down at around $30 a share. Now, what has it done recently with the huge volatility we've seen? Well, let me type it in. JWN, I'll give you the number. So Northam's shares traded now at Twenty-four dollars and three cents. So, so, so you lost money for the last ten years. Now, it is important to note that the stock market is a period is in a period of volatility right now. Okay, because of the coronavirus. So, retailers have been particularly hard hit. I wonder if Amazon is actually business is going to do better. I would think so, because remember, you don't you don't have a store. You order everything online, and people not going to the store wouldn't wouldn't that benefit a company like Amazon? Just just asking, just asking. Okay, interesting, isn't it? Okay, will okay. What can you do after the market crash? What do you do? You now have whatever money you have on the sidelines, or whatever you had. What? How do you how do you handle this? Well, one thing I should suggest, stop watching every minute of every day of what's going on in the stock market because it'll drive you nuts. What you do is look at your holdings and see which ones you want to add to. Remember, the market has gone down. We've gone down 20%. Let's say it goes down 30%. I can't tell you where it is. We're going to wait, as you heard me earlier callers, wait to see the market calm down, not be so volatile. Okay, then you review your holdings and see which ones you want to add to because they've fallen. Which ones do you really like that have done well in the past? Because the ones that fell sharply will also rebound sharply. The ones that have been successful in the past will continue to be successful in the future. Okay, we're just dealing with the short-term volatility, and you have to use it. Use it to your advantage. So figure out which ones you want to add to. Okay, look at, pull out your watch list that you've been watching these stocks for a long time and always wanted to buy them. Well, now's the time to start buying them. 
Maybe you don't buy them all at one time. Maybe you buy them in tranches, buy half now and half later, or, or a third now, a third later, and a third later on. In other words, trying to get into the stocks at a good price. Because no one's going to ring a bell and tell you it's the bottom. No one's going to tell you that. All you can say is, gee, these stocks are really good prices now, good values. I, I want to own these companies. I've been wanting to own them. Like, for instance, you've heard me say, I want to get into Amazon, but I haven't been able to get on Amazon because it's too expensive. Well, maybe I'll get an opportunity here in Amazon that looks, I'm not recommending Amazon to you, everybody. I'm not. But maybe it will get to a reasonable price. I mean, it's $1,820 a share, and they're going to make $40 a share next year. Well, gee, what, what kind of PE is that? A 20P is 80, you know, $800, and it's 1800 So it's still pretty expensive. Even if it's fallen from 2100 all the way down to 18 it's still pretty expensive. So, you know, it's still not expensive enough. And finally, if you haven't, open an IRA. You know, open an, 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 an investment account of some kind. If you have not done it, this is a great time to do it and start buying. Remember, this is after we've had this market calm down. It's not calmed down yet, so it's not yet. But get ready for it. Be ready. Now, as you probably noticed, Justin and I do our very best to fit in as many call questions as we can. So let's do that now. This came call came in earlier on our Anytime Listener Line number, 888-99-CHART. Hey, I just have a question about Altria. As the dividend yield starts to creep up towards 8%, I'm finding it to be pretty irresistible. So I was curious to know if it is a buy at these levels as a long-term hold for uh, reinvesting dividends, holding for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Love to hear what you guys think. Thanks. Well, Altria, of course, manufactures cigarettes and other tobacco products, mainly to uh, under the uh, under different labels, Marlboro, black and white, mild names, that kind of thing. And yeah, their their dividend yield is eight point three percent, and they're they're going to make four dollars and sixty eight cents next year, a forty dollar stock. And you'll find that even in a recession, they still people still smoke. They'll still find the money to smoke. So the, I don't think the dividend is in uh, jeopardy. There is not much growth rate, and I don't particularly care for tobacco companies. As a philosophy, I don't like tobacco, but this is a really good buy at this price. And it's going to make eight. And that's what's going to happen, everybody. These stocks are going to come down, 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 down. And the dividends are going to look better and better and better because it's a percentage of the price. The dividends are paid out in dollars. So as the price of the stock goes down, the dividend yield, the percent, goes up. I mean, like ExxonMobil is at 8%, 8.3% now. Well, you know, that's because the prices have been coming down, the dividends go up. So you're looking for those dividend stock players that still pay their dividend even during a recession. If they do, and they're paying a high dividend, those are the stocks you want to add to your portfolio. Yes, they might continue to go down. That's possible. But the dividend will help it stop. Because what if it goes to 10%? Okay, you can make 8%, 9% on a solid blue chip stock, or you can take that same money and make almost nothing in a savings account. What would be better use of your money? What happens is that, that equation stops the stock from going down because people start buying it for the dividend. 
<coughs> excuse me, for the dividend. So it looks like a pretty good price to me for Philip Morris. Now, have you been probably noticed that we've been really trying to uh, talk to uh, answer more questions? So uh, again, if I sound different today, please bear with us. Our internet studio link was not working, so I'm doing my the show over the telephone line. Like you, when you call in, well, that's how I'm doing the show. I'm calling in the engineering of the our, our office engineer, and we're broadcasting it that way. So the quality is not as great. It really isn't. So I'm Steve Peasley, everybody, and you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously you understand the importance of unbiased guidance because you wouldn't be listening to the show if you didn't. So I encourage you to subscribe to the KPP Premium Newsletter, written and distributed every Friday. And when I go over, I go over it on Friday, usually parts of it to let you know how, what I'm saying. In the newsletter, you'll get you know pretty good information, valuable information on the market, what's going on there, market guidance, stock, couple of stock ideas. So again, I do excerpts from it on Friday, and you'll you'll, you'll see it. You know, if you listen to the show, then you'll hear me. And now I'm ready to take your questions. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. In less than two weeks, Justin Klein will be meeting with registered InvestTalk listeners in San Jose, California. That's right. March 20th is the date, and Justin will be conducting personalized portfolio reviews at no cost and without obligation. And next month, Steve Peasley will travel to two cities for portfolio consultation appointments, Houston, Texas on April 17th, and Chicago, Illinois, on April 20th. Learn more and register soon at investtalk.com. Okay, Nick, how you doing, Hayward? I just talked about Amazon. Do you want to talk about it? You got some more questions on it? Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, between uh, Apple, Amazon, or Google, how would you rank one, two, three? Or buying them? I think if I was doing it personally, I like uh, Google's number one, Apple uh-huh. number two, and Amazon number three. But it's a toss-up between Apple and Amazon, really. I like uh-huh. all three of these stocks. As you just, I like all three of them. And I'm going to try. I, I we already own. I own Apple in our managed accounts already. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to get into Google and Amazon. Now these are companies that are going to be attacked by our. Uh, because of um, you know monopolistic tendencies, but maybe not so much after the stock market is having these problems. But they still will be. But I think owning all three of them at some point, this is going to give you an opportunity to get in them. So I kind of like all three of them, Nick. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Sid in Jersey. He wants to talk about Boeing. How you doing, Sid? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, uh, how are you doing? Good. Steve. Um, okay. Yeah. So um, I've been looking at the uh, you know um, plane makers and uh, also the airline stocks, and um, seems like uh, it might be a buying opportunity for Boeing. It dropped below two hundred dollars, and I know the, the the you know apart other than the uh, overall market trend, the Boeing's issues are still there. But do you think that that might be priced in already, and uh, Boeing might stop falling at this point. It might be a buying opportunity now. Well, what do you think? I am a little concerned with Boeing, and I'm thinking maybe on a bounce to get out of it instead of getting to it. Why am I saying that? 
because there's going to be a long-term problem here with travel, you know, airline travel, and I have a feeling there's going to be a, a really bad time for Boeing for the next year or so uh, because of their commercial airlines. Now, they do have a big piece of business in the military, so that's still going to go on. At some point, Boeing will make, might be a great buy, bargain, but I'm thinking uh, they have that Max 8 issue still, and now they have, you know, uh, airlines canceling travel plans, and uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking you got to stay away from Boeing for a while, Sid. I, I think at some point it might be a good opportunity, but you got to wait till it stops falling, and that might be a while. That, I don't. I want. I would wait till you see some strength. I would wait till you see a peak in the fear about traveling, and I think people are just beginning to fear traveling. That there hasn't peaked yet. The fear hasn't. So I kind of think you need to just watch Boeing and stay on the sidelines for a while. That would be my opinion on Boeing. Okay? So BA, everybody's a symbol. And, of course, everybody knows that manufactures commercial airlines. Thanks for the call, Sid. Appreciate it. So just kind of be careful here at this point. Okay? Okay. I, ha- I want to, you know, the, a recession could happen because of the fear of this coronavirus. Now, I felt, I said all last, you know, year before last, I felt the recession was going to happen in the end of last year or sometime this year. Then I kind of changed my tune when the Federal Reserve started lowering interest rates and felt, okay, we probably won't be have a recession. Now, this coronavirus has thrown a big monkey wrench in this whole thing. Because it all depends on the consumer confidence and what they do. So the question I have for you is housing. Will your home house hold up? Will prices for housing hold up in the next recession? And I, my conclusion is that it probably will hold up. That doesn't mean every market everywhere will hold up. But we don't have a glut of housing. We have a shortage of housing, really. We have more and more people getting into baby boomers are done. We don't talk about them as far as the housing market. But the millennials are starting to buy more and more housing. And then the next generation X up behind that will be the next generation, and there are a lot of those guys. So there's going to be more demand for houses. Price mortgages are going to get really, really cheap. They're already cheap. So you have not a lot of housing. More buyers. Right now, they're fully employed, and I don't think there's very much pressure downwards on housing prices, even in the next recession. I don't think the next recession is going to be very deep or long, and the next one may be caused by this coronavirus. So I think that you're even in the next recession, you won't have much of a down dip in housing prices. That's my personal opinion. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have just one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in 888 99 Chart. Here's another benefit when you sign up for our Invest Talk Insider program a brief list of real estate investment trusts, REITs, that should be on investors' radar if they're looking for exposure to this dividend-focused sector, you can sign up for this free InvestTalk Insider program on investtalk.com.
Numbers are elusive. But if it goes to zero, do you lose all your money? They're always changing. As you know, Apple is all-time high again. Invest Talk listeners know it's all about the numbers. I'm 82. I'm interested in knowing what the recommended withdrawal rate would be. So the questions keep coming. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm question regarding real estate. Everything counts. Jason, El Segundo, how you doing? Let's go to Michael in Fremont looking at Occidental Petroleum. And here's an interesting number. Downloads for the Invest Talk podcast now average 450000 each month. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, thank you for your continued support. I really appreciate your insight and your understanding of the market and financial business. Since it all started, the total number of InvestTalk downloads has now exceeded 20 million. InvestTalk.com Extra Mile presents Extra Mass. Sup, Extra Buds? In today's episode, it was a day like any other. Seems about right. Until everything changed. Wait, what? It did? The cravings arrived. Oh, you mean like every day around now, I start craving some tasty snacks. Exactly. How will he fight off this beast? Usual way. Run by Extra Mile Convenience Store Chevron, pick up some jerky, candy, fruit. Cravings annihilated. Extra Man moves on to the day's next challenge. Yeah, now I'm thirsty for water or energy drink. Guess I'll head back to... Extra Mile. Extras every day at select Chevron locations. Hear that noise? That's the sound of Cox paving the way for the future. The sound of thousands of engineers working around the clock to build a new gig speed network that'll bring us tomorrow's internet. So to all you jetpack developers, 3D printed house builders, and hover car enthusiasts, let's turn those dreams of future tech into reality. Because whatever the future holds, you'll be ready to power it with Gigablast Internet from Cox. The average sedan is built with a steel frame and equipped with six airbags. Remember this the next time you see someone walking. Drivers, be aware. Pedestrians don't have armor. A message from the California Office of Traffic Safety. Everyone loves a twofer. Buy one, get one free. And here's one on gas. Sort of. Chevron with Tecron gives you unbeatable cleaning, plus proven unbeatable gas mileage, unbeatable cleaning, and mileage. That's two unbeatables in Chevron with Tecron. Care for your car. Some job recruitment sites overload your inbox with resumes. Glassdoor knows not just any will do. From 62 million job seekers, Glassdoor only matches you with qualified candidates who have the skills and experience your small business needs to grow. In fact, Glassdoor hires are 30% more likely to stay with your company longer. And Glassdoor can help you find that perfect candidate in half the resumes. Go to glassdoor.com slash hire. Glassdoor. Find the right fit for your business. On the next Invest Talk, should young investors keep 100% of their money in stocks during a correction? Risk for the investor requires context. That story tomorrow. But now the Anytime Listener lines are open, and Steve Peasley is here and ready for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Okay, welcome back, everybody. And okay, we have a, a listener, a caller. Do we have someone a caller on the line? Yeah. Uh, yes, let's I do. talk to. Um, should we go to Vivian? Let's go to Vivian. Hi. So I'm hearing Justin on my radio, but you're the one online. So I guess tomorrow is um, the state of California supposedly is issuing new bonds, and I wanted to know if they were something that we should be looking at investing in. 
Actually, do you, um, I am. I think the bonds could be, uh, if the rates are decent, and, you know, they're going to be low, as they have been for a long time. But, you know, California bonds are a good double-tax-free investment, so you don't have to pay any income tax, state or, or federal, on California bonds. So, you know, if you don't have, if you ha- you know, if you have taxable income otherwise, then it's good to buy the bonds to reduce your taxable income from that. Right. So, yeah, I, th- I have no problem with you buying California bonds. Okay. Nope, no problem but at all. You, I haven't been, I've been on their site, and I haven't been able to find out how to buy them or how much they're offering the rate You at. probably have to call up a, your broker and yeah. talk to him. Talk to the bond. The, they call it the bond desk. Okay. So talk to the bond desk at whatever, whoever brokerage firm you use. Even if it's a discount broker, they still have a bond desk. Most of them do. So you call them up and ask, I need to talk to the bond desk. I want to buy some bonds, California uh, state bonds. Okay? Thanks for the call. appreciate it. Let's go to Wayne and Jose. How are you doing, Wayne? Oh, hi, uh, uh, Mr. Steve. Uh, yes. With the oil at this low, I like to buy UCO for long term. What's the symbol again? Union Charlie Orange. Okay, I'm having trouble, guys. Did you get that? Type Union Charlie U- Orange. Yes. Oh, USO. U-C-O. Okay, USO. That's the United States Oil Fund. That's a U- uh, ETF, exchange rate fund, seeking the performance corresponding to the spot price of oil. So, you're betting that oil prices are not going to go lower and they will bounce up. That's what this does. Um, so. This is just a pure uh, play on the direction of oil. And so is oil at its lowest, or is it going to go down further? And probably, you see, in the last couple of days, it's actually been three days ago at bottom. That was Monday. Okay, so now in the last couple of days, it seems like it's trying to find that bottom. This may be the bottom, but I would wait at least maybe, oh, it's UCO. Was it UCO or USO, guys? Okay. Well, again, let's go to UCO, too. Check that out. Make sure I get to the right one. UCO is a pro shares of ultra, okay, exchange rate of unseeking corresponds to twice the daily performance of the oil prices, West Texas crude. So it's the same, the same answer. Is oil, is oil bottoming? This is a leveraged fund, 200%. So, if it bounces from here, it would go up twice as fast as USO, which is just the oil price itself. So you're betting the direction in the same part, same chart pattern, same everything, same answer. If it is oversold now, clearly it's oversold, and the chances of a bounce are very high that it'll bounce up. But you might want to wait a week or so to see if it chatters along the bottom here, to make sure it has put in the bottom, or at least give you some idea that the bottom is this price. Because it's all about uh, Russia and Saudi Arabia. If they announce tomorrow that they've come to terms, then this is going to huge bounce up. So it's a good bet that it is going to go up. Okay, Wayne? So I, I think you could take that risk, as long as you understand that's the risk you're taking, but it probably is at a bottom. Okay, uh, 888-99 chart, quickly, uh, should you be flying? Just so you know, the airplanes out there, they have, <coughs> they have very good ventilation systems. 
uh, help uh, that they that will trap bacteria and viruses. Okay, so they have HEPA filters in those airplanes. So. As far as getting sick from an airplane, well, you could get sick from a passenger next to you who's coughing in your face, but they do have good filter systems there. Okay, buddy, I'm Steve Peasley. This completes another Investop program. I appreciate you being with me and putting up with the uh, telephone lines here. We uh, had a little bit of technical difficulty, but I appreciate it. Uh, On Friday, I'll be back. Justin will be here tomorrow. I'll be back on Friday with a KB preview newsletter, some of the highlights there. Please feel free to search, browse, and download and rate our Talk podcast. I appreciate that. And you can find them on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or even on investtalk.com to download. Thank you, everybody. Have a great evening. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.